You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which is faith, family, finance, and fitness. Um, and we're back with another edition of the Business of Fatherhood podcast. And this one is, is business-related, but definitely more relationship. Um, emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence and intellectual intelligence. A lot of times we hear about IQ, um, but what really, really works for us in our relationships and in business is EQ, which is emotional intelligence. So I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, I'm also going to talk about uh, what's coming up in the future, a couple of episodes that we got planned, uh, some new guests, and some things that are going on in the family, man. Um, so here we go. All right. So uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited to have you guys back. Um, I spent this past weekend at a podcast conference, a podcast conference. So I, I got to, you know, rub elbows with a bunch of different people uh, who were in podcasting, got to talk to a lot of really interesting people in the industry. And, and whether you know it or not, the podcast industry is huge and it's only getting bigger. Um, you see guys like Joe Rogan with $200 million deals. Um, and then there's a bunch of us down at the bottom that aren't making anything from it, but are doing it for the love of the game, uh, for the love of sharing the information with our fans, uh, with other like-minded people. And so that's me and that's you. You are the like-minded people. So um, here's the deal, man. Uh, this particular episode, like I said, we're doing the, continuing the Business to Fatherhood um, series. And this particular one is going to be a lot less about business and like money and sales and things like that. And some of the things we've been talking about past episodes and a little bit more about leadership um, and understanding your relationships, um, the people in those relationships and how that can affect um, your overall growth and, and kind of where you want things to go. So my guess is most of you like me are fathers and want to um, want to be better, right? Be better at being a father and, and, and doing those fatherhood things, right? So we want to make sure that we're um, being the best example for our children. We want to make sure that we're providing for our children. We want to make sure that we're showing them successful relationships. Uh, we want to make sure we're teaching them the things that, that we, we feel that they need to know. Um, and so that's what this episode will be about. Um, so I personally, <laughs> before, what kind of kind of spurred me into this is, is my wife and I, um, we're talking one night, you know, as we usually do, we having some, some kind of like talking about the day and, um, something had happened. Um, and I really honestly can't remember what it was, but then we start talking about emotions. Right. And, and she will tell you, um, from our past and from my past that I'm, I'm pretty nonchalant. I'm pretty middle of the road when it comes to emotions. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. I kind of live in the middle. Right. I like to call it my flow. And she likes to say I'm unemotional. Right. <laughs> so depending on who you're asking or who you're talking to, um, that may be a benefit and it may be a detriment. Right. Um, a lot of times when you're dealing with uh, people in a relationship, um, being able to show and share your emotion is important. 
because they want to know how you feel about them. They want to know how you feel in general. But for me, my upbringing, my, my life, my situation has kind of forced me or, or molded me into a person that doesn't allow my emotion to get away from me. Um, I like to be in control of that. If I can be in control of anything else, I'm in control of my, my attitude and my effort and my emotion is always rolled into my attitude. So I try to, as much as I possible, be in control of that. So in doing so, I don't get too high, I don't get too low, um, kind of middle of the road, which again, like I said, can be a detriment. So we're talking and uh, she's like, well, what, what did you feel at that time? And I'm like, I don't know, as we normally do. And he was talking about emotions. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what emotions are. And she started asking me, like, you know, were you happy? Were you angry? Were you sad? Um, you know, and I'm like, mm, I don't, I really honestly don't know. I didn't feel really anything. Um, and so she was like, all right, I want you to take a look at some. She's a therapist, right? She's like, look at this uh, emotions wheel. And I and we pull it up on the on the on the uh, we Google it, it pulls up, and there's like five emotions in the middle, and there's like 20 things around that. And then like 40 things around that. I'm like, there's no way that all of these things are emotions. Like I, I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm angry. That's it. Right. <laughs> but honestly, fellas, there is like 70 emotions out there, right? There's 70 different types of ways that you feel um, and, and things that go along with that. Like, and it's really important in our relationships with our, with our wives and with our children that we understand those emotions, right? And so what I did is once I saw that, I'm like, man, there's so many things that I don't know. I felt like I was a pretty emotionally savvy guy. Like I do a good job of, of, of relating to people and talking to people and being able to kind of judge their emotions and read people. Um, but I felt in that moment, emotionally inadequate. Like I really only can express two emotions. I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm, or I'm angry, right? And that's, that's not enough uh, to run a successful family uh, with children who grow up to be successful with a wife who, who loves you forever, uh, that thing, you know what I mean? Um, and, and in business the same way, right? Like it's hard to be a, a successful leader if you aren't able to connect with your employees on a, an emotional level. And I'm not talking about like relationship emotional level. I mean, like you are able to empathize with them and, and in order to kind of get them along the, the company line to, to do the things that you need them to do in order for the company to be successful. If you can't empathize with their situation, empathize, empathize with their feelings, um, you're, you're less of a leader and more of a boss. Um, and bosses typically don't get things done unless they do them themselves. Leaders get other people to do the work for them, right? And so our goal is to be a leader, right? Um, so I got that information and I saw all those things. I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to learn a little bit more about emotional intelligence. And so I got the book, uh, emotional intelligence 2.0, um, which, which was like, a, I don't know. I mean, it was the first one that came up, um, 2.0 would lead you to believe that it is the second, uh, a second book. Um, and I think it is, but I honestly, I read that I got that one and I was like, yo, I'm going to dive into this one. Um, and it's pretty good. It's, it's by Travis Bradbury and uh, Gene Greaves. Um, and it explains what EQ is, how you can determine your EQ levels and a step-by-step -step program um, with some actual strategies to improve your four core sets of EQ skills, right? Um, and so it, it's actually a really good book, but what it does um, and what the book does for you is it actually, uh, when you start reading it, it asks you to take a few tests, right? They have a specific test and I took that one and I took some other ones. But what it does is it in those four core sets of EQ skills kind of lets you know where you need to be working, right? Like, what is it that you need to be working on? Is it, is it, is it awareness? Uh, is it personal competence? Is it social competence? Is it management? 
Um, like what, what are the things that you need to improve on? Like what, what is it that you can be better at? Um, what are some of the things that you're good at, right? That you can, you know, continue to improve on or some of the things that you're struggling at and how like you can build those, right? So um, I took one, I think it's from UC Berkeley and it's actually just like a, like a visual one, right? Um, and so you're just looking at pictures of people and while you're looking at these pictures, um, what you're seeing is people's emotions. And from those emotions, they give you, it's multiple choice, they give you these, these different uh, emotions um, and you're trying to pick the correct one. Um, there's 20, 20 questions or 20 pictures of people um, there's more than 20 questions, 20 pictures of people it doesn't take a long time, like five minutes or so. Um, but you go through that. And, and what I realized, man, is that I, some of these faces, right? Some of these faces that people are making, I did not know what they were. Like I had no word for what they were. Obviously there was one there, like it was uh, like dude was showing a, a face of compassion. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what he's, what face he's making. It was like a shame face. <laughs> I was confused on that one. Um, but I did end up getting a 14 out of 20. And I guess that's okay. It's above average, according to the, the, the summary that they gave me. Um, what I realized and what I noticed, and I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but they're uh, obviously multi multicultural people. Um, the browner skin people, especially the black people, I did not miss a single one of those emotions. Every one of those I got right. Um, I would say six or five out of six of the like, there was like an, an Asian lady, uh, what looked like a Hispanic guy. Uh, I got five out of six of those right. Where I was totally thrown off is the faces that white people were making. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, and I don't know why that is, right? But I was better able to pick up emotion from a brown face. And I don't know what that has to do with anything. Maybe they have some research behind that and maybe I could look it up. But um, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it, was, it was really weird to to notice that at the end is like looking back at the scores of which one I got right. And I was like, man, I really can tell what black people, like I'm really in tune with the black facial expression. <laughs> um, and and as, that's a positive because I obviously am black and I live in a black community um, and I move in a black community, but I also, also live in America, which is a very diverse community. And if I'm not able to pick up the facial expressions of people then as a leader, as a coach, I am not going to be able to service them properly, um, you know, as a as a leader, um, because I don't really know or understand what they're going through by looking at them. I would have to ask questions and talk to them to get more out of them. Um, and in certain situations, that's not always the case. Now, obviously, with your family, they are, they're going to look like you. Um, they're going to get some of their attitudes and some of the like the ways that they move from you and your significant other or your girl, your, your wife, your baby mama, whoever. Um, and so you'll be able to pick some of those things up a little bit better because, you know, that face that your, your wife makes when she's upset, your daughter makes it too. Um, and so you kind of pick it up right away and you know, because kids mimic adults, they see the stuff that we do um, and they understand it yeah, a little bit better than us. We get older and we kind of forget about it. But um, I, I just thought that was interesting. But I think, again, for you guys, for us, um, it's easier to see in your family if you're paying attention. Right. Like if you're not looking people in the eye, you're not looking at people's faces then being able to determine, um, you know, the emotion that they're eliciting is going to be a lot harder, obviously. Right. So you want to make sure that when you talk, you're actually making some kind of facial contact, eye contact being best, but making some kind of facial contact where you're looking at them and they understand because that conversation is going both ways. You can see how they're reacting to the words you're saying. 
you can you know also show them how you react to the words they're saying it provides for better conversation remember conversation right it's not like this like this is a monologue this is me talking to you and you listening you don't get to say anything back but a conversation uh the goal is to get what's in my head into your head with as little friction as possible right i need to get you to understand what i'm saying if i'm just saying it and it's bouncing off of you um, and you're not receiving the, the message that I'm giving you, then that's not conversation, right? And we talk about relationships. Um, and one of the big things that causes relationships to falter is communication or lack thereof, or proper communication, right? It could be a lot of talking to or talking at, and not enough understanding, right? Sometimes like uh, with my kids, I'll say something that's maybe a little too adult for them, right like I, I'll, I'll explain something that's you know maybe above their level of understanding and they just look at me right that means that message just bounced off of them it did not penetrate it did not go in and they do not understand it so i need to be able to communicate at a level effective of them of their understanding right so that's why this emotional intelligence piece is important because we in a relationship and in a conversation and even in business they, they found like people who uh, people who have a higher IQ uh, tend to make more money. Uh, people who have a higher IQ tend to have higher, uh, higher positions in their company. And so, I mean, whether you like it or not, emotional intelligence is important and it's going to be beneficial to you. So listen up as we, uh, we go through this. Um, after that, that, uh, <laughs> after that, that visual test, I took a second one. I still haven't taken the book test because I, I, I had to read the book. Um, and so I didn't go back and take the test and they tell you, you're not, you know, stop right now, read, you know, whatever, but I, I had, you know, I have deadlines, I have things going on. So I'm gonna go back and take that one. But I took a couple other like really easy ones just on the fly. Um, and again, this one was, a uh, just a free EQ quiz. Um, good EQ, right? Congratulations. You have a high emotional EQ, um, which I thought, right? Like, I feel like that in answering these questions, but I am not connected to my own emotions, like I can't name them. And I feel like that's an issue, right? If I'm not happy and I'm not sad, then I gotta be angry, right? Isn't that weird? Like if I'm not, not angry and I'm not sad, then I'm gonna be happy and that's not true. I think we know that there's somewhere in between and there's some other emotions that we have. I think we only express, as men, we're only in society learned to or taught to express in two emotions. We're either happy or we're mad, right? Somebody makes me, so we're happy. Somebody upsets our happiness, we're mad. We don't have any like tools to kind of guide ourselves through the emotions. And, and again, that leads to a lot of issues when you're in a family because one part of that family is not a male. They didn't come up in the same society or taught the same, necessarily the same thing. They, they you know, through proximity, they understand that men have issues with emotion. But that doesn't mean that it's okay for us to continue to. Um, so we must, we must continue to build out our emotional intelligence. All right. All right, stop boring you guys. I'm gonna get into the book, get into the book and kind of go over some of the book stuff. So let me pull up my notes from the book. All right. So again, there, like I said, there's there's four different uh different parts, but um I, I again I can't say that one is more important than the other. Um, but there are like some some kind of things that build a little bit. Um, and so I'll start with self-awareness, right? Self-awareness is, is simply knowing what makes you tick, right? I saw somebody post the other day, and I think it was uh, uh, Ian Dunlap, right? The master investor on Instagram and on Twitter, I think. 
um, he posted like people don't trigger you, they trigger your trigger, right? Like we all have a trigger. We all have that one thing like that's a, a, a hot button issue for us, right? And self-awareness is knowing what that thing is, right? And it, it, it involves the ability to identify and understand your current emotions as well as your tendencies across situations. So we have to know like, when I'm feeling this way, my button is easier, easier to be pushed. When I'm feeling this way, I can protect myself against a button. I don't allow myself to be triggered or allow my trigger to be triggered, right? But when you can make sense of your feelings, you'll understand where you can excel and what motivates and fulfills you and what type of like people and situations may trigger certain feelings, right? So self-awareness lays the foundation for the other EQ schools, right? Sorry, EQ skills, right? It's, it's, it's that main one. So I said like not one is more important than the other, but self-awareness has to be number one because if you're not aware of self, then you can't really do these other things like management and some of these other things you're not able to do. Um, if you heard that, right? My kid is homesick while I'm recording. And so she's messing around and going through doors and playing YouTube videos loud, right? But as we all know, kids don't care about this stuff. <laughs> They do whatever they want to do, right? Um, all right, so so there's a couple of strategies. Like I said, there's there's strategies from each part of it, and it, they're they're pretty extensive. So I would say go get the book, and I say this about every episode, but go get the book. I'll give you a couple of them, okay? Um, so I talked about triggers, right? Know what triggers you. You have to know what triggers you, and I, I suggest, and the book suggests that you make a list of the exact people, the exact situations, and the exact environments that trigger certain emotions, not just anger things that trigger happiness, things that trigger excitement, things that trigger uh, shame or guilt or like all these different things, like write them down, like get a get a spreadsheet, get a spreadsheet, right? Because when you know who and what triggers you and exactly how it irks you, right? You can learn to manage your responses, right? You know, when you're in a situation and you're in an environment that easily triggers you, okay, you know, okay, what I need to do, how to move, Right. You know how to move in a room full of uh, full of vultures, as Jay-Z would say, right? Um, two, observe the ripple effects, right? Observe the ripple effects that your emotional outbursts uh, may have, right? Often um, they continue to affect others even after the emotion is passed, right? So understand like how you acting a certain way reflects on other people. Like when you're mad, right? How is your house around you? Right. Or if you're frustrated, how does that affect the people around you? Take note of how your emotions affect people. Right. Ask them for feedback and then consciously choose the types of ripples you want to create. Right. Do I want a happy house? Yes. If I'm the leader of that house, then I have to create a happy environment and I have to show a happy emotion in order for those ripples around me for my wife and my children to also be happy. Right. I'm not responsible for their happiness. Right. In a relationship, you're never listen to me, fellas, you are never responsible for your wife or your girlfriend's happiness. That is her responsibility. What you are responsible for is how you conduct yourself and your uh, ripple effect on her happiness. Right. If she needs to be happy. She has to take control of that herself. Right. But you also need to be aware of how your emotions could be affecting her happiness. Right. All right. So self-awareness is number one. Number two is self-management and kind of piggybacking off of what I just said about the ripple effects and managing your emotions when you're around other people. Um, you have to manage, right? Self-manage 
um, your emotions, right? Self-management is, is actually your ability to use your emotional awareness, right? That self-awareness, you have to deliberately choose what you say and do, right? It, it, it allows you to adjust and direct your responses to people and circumstances in a positive way, right? And I've talked about this before. We want to be in a situation where we can respond, right? Where we can respond instead of react, right? Reaction is a knee jerk, right? If you, somebody hits you in the kneecap, your foot kicks forward, you have no control over that, right? You might knock something over, you might kick the doctor in the, in the shin, right? You have no control over it though, right? Because it's a natural reaction, right? But if you were able to control a situation, you may be able to choose a better response to that, right? So self-management allows you to kind of rein your emotions in, decide whether uh, to take action uh, or the type of action to take. Right. And we talked about on the 10X episode, the different types of action you can take. Um, being able to manage yourself or self-manage yourself allows you to take the proper action or the action that's necessary. Right. It also involves your ability to set aside uh, your immediate needs and focus on your longer term goals. Right. Um, a lot of times when we react, it's, it's situational. It's in the moment. It's the thing that feels good right now. It's the thing that, you know, uh, we act on right now. And again, uh, just current events, right? This past weekend on the Grammys. I mean, Oscars, everybody can can kind of say, you know, this or that about Will Smith and Chris Rock, right? Um, but self-management and emotional intelligence, is that the right reaction at the right time? Is that a response, right? Is it the right action to take, right? If, if we have proper self-management, we have self-awareness, right? If Will has more self-awareness. He's aware of how that can trigger him right and he knows going into it there's a potential that somebody may say something in relation to jada and her illness but i am aware of that going in and i can choose how i'm going to manage myself and how i'm going to act in that situation if that's the case then he's maybe able to choose a better solution to his problem or a better time to act right um you know, people, people with, with strong self management. And I think Will Smith has strong self management. I think at times, though, we are all on this scale of like being great self managers and being bad self managers, being, you know, great, having great awareness or having bad awareness. And things and situations kind of move us along that scale. And in that moment, uh, he lost some self awareness, right? He lost some self management and he acted, right? But people who have, uh, you know, who have strong self-management, handle stressful situations and confrontations more effectively, they communicate better and are proactive yet patient. So he could have, could have um, maybe done things a little differently. And we can all say that hindsight is 2020, you should have done things differently. Um, but, you know, this is, this is not the world that we lived in. It happened, right? So once it happens now, how do you respond to what's happening? Now he has a second chance to respond. And that's where you see his, his, uh, his acceptance speech and then you see the apology the day later or whatever two days later um the, as more time passes you're better able to take the proper action and that's what we don't want to react typically when we react right away it's not the right action right we could take a little bit of time the words that he said in an acceptance speech are the things he should have been holding on to when he opened up his fist and slapped chris rock right um but you know it, that that you, again, there's nothing that you can do to come back from. So here's the big two, the big two takeaways from from self management is, um, 
using the emotion versus logic list, right? And you want to create one of these. There's a lot of writing that goes in this book. There's worksheets and all this stuff. Emotion versus logic list. So when your emotions and logic are in conflict, um, you know, what do you do, right? Write down a list of emotional versus logical arguments in like two columns. So side by side, so one right next to each other. And then ask yourself questions. Where could emotions be clouding your judgment, right? In that situation, emotions clouded his judgment. He was so emotionally charged up he didn't think about like uh, what what are the repercussions of if I go through with this, right? He was so emotionally charged up that he had to react instead of being in control. Where could logic be blocking emotional cues? And this is the flip side of it, right? I'm very I'm a very logical person. I like to think things through. Um, and again, that's one of those situations where somebody says maybe you're not emotional enough. You're like a robot, right? Because robots process the data, the information before an action is taken. They don't just do stuff. Everything is logic, right? But sometimes logic can block emotion. And in a relationship, the relationship is an emotional connection. If those emotions aren't shared both ways and you're just logic all the time, then the other side of that relationship is, is, is missing what they need, right? Um, so writing these down to help you see each situation a little bit more clearly, um, and I think that's important for us to do, right? Manage your self-talk, right? Think about, I mean, you have to manage the words that you're saying to yourself. An average person has about 50,000 thoughts a day, right? And those thoughts trigger the chemical reactions in your body and they affect your emotions and behaviors. So you have to be able to control those, right? If you catch yourself with a negative thought, like I, I never... Uh, I'm an idiot. It's all their fault. I, I'm not a good dad. Like all those things, right? You have to replace them with healthier thoughts. Like just this one time it happened, or you know, we should all res accept responsibility. It's not. It's not all their fault. It's everyone's fault. You know, everybody has some role to play in it. Um, but you have to be able to manage your self-talk because what you say about you, to you, you believe whether you like it or not, because it's implanted. It's in. It's implanted in your brain twice. Like it, you thought it and then you said it then it's twice, right? You said it and you heard it and you thought it, right? Like it's, it's, it's compounding, right? And so we have to be able to think happy thoughts like Peter Pan, right? <laughs> and that's how they get to fly, right? Um, number three, you wanna improve your social awareness, right? So now we've, we've talked about knowing, knowing thyself uh, and managing yourself. Now you have to be able to be socially aware. And this is where that, that, that picture, uh, you know, EQ quiz that I took, probably comes a little bit more into play because in social settings, we're reading body language, we're reading uh, facial expressions, we're reading like the way people move, um, how the crowd is moving when you're in a certain room, you understand what's going on in the room. Like I say, read the room. It's one of the things I tell my daughter all the time is you got to learn how to read the room. You got to understand your situation, your surroundings and those around you. We have to have some awareness, right? An awareness level of the, the you know, the small society around you um, and it's society at large. Um, the social awareness is, is your ability to accurately tune into others' emotions and understand what's really going on with them, right? And sometimes I struggle with this because I, um, I'm like I said, I'm a little more logical than I am emotional, a little bit more like a robot, right? Um, and sometimes my wife uh, will have an emotion. I don't know. You know I'm not going to put a label on it. She'll have an emotion, but then she'll do what I do. And she goes, you know what? I don't want to talk about it right now. I just need a moment. For me, I don't want to talk about it right now. I need a moment means I'm going to process it. I'm going to handle it. You don't have to worry about it. I got it. For her, it means give me a minute and then we're going to talk about it again. <laughs> and we're going to go right back to it. 
which is a little different. And it's harder for me to, to, to hear those words and see that action and then remember, oh, wait, we still got to come back to it, right? We got to solve it together um, or else it's going to linger and turn into something even bigger and, and even worse for all of us. And so that's something that I still admittedly struggle with in this moment. I mean, I'm struggling with it right now. It's something that I have to continue to work on because it, in me, it triggers, okay, she got it. She's taking a moment so she can process it and she's going to be okay when we come back together, right? Because that's what it would mean for me. And maybe I wouldn't, you know, and she would say that you didn't process it, you just bottled it up and you bring it out later. And that may be the case, but I'm not bringing it out right now. <laughs> um, and obviously I need to go talk to somebody about that. And we all do, right? I think, I think therapy and talking to somebody, homies, friends or whatever, having the conversations about it is important. Um, but I digress, right? Uh, we're talking about social awareness, not me going to therapy. Um, this requires willingness, right? It requires a willingness and ability to understand others' perspectives, even if they differ from yours. Again, this is what I'm talking about. I have to understand from their point of view, right? From their perspective. When you're having a conversation with somebody, it's two sides. It's not listening to answer, it's listening to understand. So you have to be able to try to understand where they're coming from, even if it's different from yours, right? In order for you to build your social awareness, you must be fully present, listen, and observe. And that's something that I think we struggle with more and more every day because of things like social media. Uh, our, our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. If you see like the, the reels, uh, it was seven seconds. Like seven seconds was like last month. It was like seven second videos or, or like, you know, they're promoting seven second videos. Now it's like five seconds. And it's only been a month. Like we cut two whole seconds off of that, right? Five second videos are getting promoted now, Right. We're shortening and shortening and shortening our attention span to eventually we're going to be like goldfish, right? And so as, as men, as fathers, as leaders, we have to work on broadening our attention span, broadening our ability to be fully present in a moment, broadening our ability to listen with empathy, broadening our ability to observe our surroundings and our social settings so that we understand how we can move in our, in our environment, right? And, and a lot of dudes will say, you know, it's my house, it's my rules. And, you know, I don't, I don't have to learn how to move in my environment. My environment moves around me. And that's all real cool alpha male talk, but that's also single male talk, right? Alpha is the first and only, right? Only means you're lonely, homie. Um, you don't want that, right? So you have to silence your own self-talk, right? And give the other person your full attention, and be willing to consider his or her point of view as if it were your own, if it were you in those shoes, how would you feel? And in order for you to do that, you need to understand your feelings because you can't put yourself in somebody else's shoes to understand how they feel if you don't understand feelings themselves, right? Okay, so here's the two strategies, two things you can do to improve your social awareness. Um, there's like 15 more in the book. Um, but here's two of them, right? Do a 15 minute walk about, right? Every work day, observe people, right? Take a 15 minute break, walk around work, walk around the building, look at people, watch them, watch them move, right? Look at their workspaces, look at how they interact with each other, uh, try to pick up their moves and social clues. You can do this in your house, right? Instead of coming home, sitting on the couch, go to your kid's room, see what they're doing. Take a look around, see what it looks like. Go to your wife, where your wife is, hang out with her for 15 minutes, talk about work talk about life, talk about anything, right? Walk around the house, see what's going on in the crib. If you've been working all day and you just get home and you, you, you know what I mean, you, you eat, plop down on the couch and watch sports until it's time to go to bed, you are missing opportunities to understand the social 
there's like the social aspect of your own home, right? And the only way to improve that is to be present in it, okay? Then check for accuracy, right? If you're unsure about a cue that someone's giving you, like a social, it's like a social cue or a social emotion that someone's giving you, um, you can confirm your interpretation. Just ask a reflective question, right? Like, I'm not sure if what I'm seeing is right, right? So you seem sad and then ask it like, so stay what you see, right? Stay what you see, right or wrong. And be ready for whatever happens next <laughs> and then ask a direct question and this is again something that i struggle with right i will see uh my wife my kid or whatever um and because i would just internalize whatever my situation is and keep rocking um i don't ask these questions i don't go hey you know what you seem sad did something happen i'll be like yo are you okay and and people's typical answer to you okay is yeah i'm okay all right cool i'm done right? And that is not emotionally intelligent and that is not socially aware, right? Even if I ask, you seem sad and they go, no, I'm not sad. Well, then they, there's an opportunity uh, for them to give you what it is that they're feeling or what the issue is, right? And so you have to open up that door uh, and be prepared for that conversation, all right? Moving right along, uh, relationship management, right? We talked about self-managing, now relationship management. Now, this is going to be really important obviously as a father and, and a husband and a, and a boyfriend or a baby daddy or whatever your role is, um, more impo most importantly for this podcast as father, um, the relationship management is your ability to apply the emotional awareness of yourself and others to manage your relations. So you, if you're aware of your, yourself, you're, you're, you're able to self-manage, you're socially aware, now you, you, you bring that into your relationships, right? This includes effective communication, uh, conflict management, and forging bonds. Again, all things that are extremely important as a father. You have to effectively communicate what you want from your children. You have to effectively communicate to your significant other. Um, you have to be able to resolve and manage conflicts between maybe your two kids or you know, between you and your, your, your wife or, or girlfriend or baby mama, whoever. Um, and then you're forging bonds, right? You're forging bonds with your kids. You wanna have a strong bond with your children managing relationships is part of that emotional uh, intelligence that we all need to have, right? Um, these skills, the skills I talk about, communication, conflict management, and forging bonds are extremely important uh, during, the, you know, stressful or stressful times or, or during the conflict, right? When, when people either A, give in to their, their uh, anger and frustration, or B, they avoid the conflict and let it fester because they don't know how to handle it. Again, this is something that I struggle with, and this is an open I'm being as open as I can. Um, I don't typically give in to anger and frustration because like I said, I'm kind of middle of the road. It could be worse kind of situation. Um, but I have and do still at times avoid the conflict and let it fester because I just don't know what to do with it, right? Like I, I don't want to talk about my own problems. I definitely don't want to talk about yours, <laughs> right? I can manage conflict once it happens, right? Now, if, we, if we're in a beef, I can handle that. Like we can talk about it or figure it out. Um, but if the conflict hasn't officially happened, like it ain't officially jumped off yet, I'm like, yo, let's leave it. There's some beef in here, there's some tension, but I ain't trying to stir it up. Um, and, that, and when you don't stir it up, though, that's when it starts to rot, it stews and it rots and, and it becomes worse and worse. And so I'm learning, fellas, I'm learning. I'm right along with you, dog. I ain't, I ain't perfect at all. You know, me and my lady have been together for 24 years or 25 years, some 25 years. 
and it's had its ups and downs. Um, I think we are the happiest as we've ever been uh, over the last few years for sure. Um, but it still comes with its ups and downs. It still has got its struggles. Um, I'm still working on improving and be getting better. Um, and, and as is she, and this is one of those things, right? Uh, avoiding conflict. I think we all do it. I hear from my homies all the time, like, man, look, I ain't trying to step in my foot into that. I'm, let me just get out your way. Let me just stay out of your way. I'm gonna go to work. You go do your thing. I'm gonna come home. You go do your, like, let's just stay out of each other's way. But that's not a successful way to manage a situation, right? We definitely need to be involved. We definitely need to be talking, um, communicating, managing the conflict, forging stronger bonds, right? Because when you when you when you don't avoid the conflict and you step in and you talk about it, you're showing her that you care about her and how she feels and her situation. The same for your kids. Uh, they feel like you know they they don't care what you know until they know that you care. Um, that's that's it right there, right? Um, so here's a couple of strategies to help you improve your relationship management. Um, number one, stop giving mixed signals. I mean, I think that's that's what we do a lot, right? We we uh we act like everything is all right, but inside everything is not right. So be aware when your body language conveys a different message from your words. Um, you're saying everything's cool, but you're walking around all pissed off and your shoulders are shrugged and you look all tense. People can tell the difference. Right. It doesn't look genuine. It's it, all, I'm all everything all good. But, you you know, your face is all screwed up. It's not true. Um, and if anybody knows you uh, well, it's your kids. Right. They know you better than you think. And your wife, they know you better than you think. Um, so stop pretending, man. If you if you know you're giving mixed signals, explain why. You know, maybe you're still upset over an earlier incident um, and you're not over the current conversation but you're trying to move on with peace, right? Maybe you can explain that. Like, look, hey, I'm not over what happened to, uh, you know, happened earlier today. I'm still kind of frustrated, but I would like to, I'm trying to, uh, you know, remain positive and kind of continue pushing forward through the, through the day. And, and we can kind of come back to it later on because um, I still have some things that I want to talk about. But right now in the moment, um, I don't want to lose uh, or give in to my anger or frustration. You'd be amazed how that works, man. You'd be amazed how it works. I'm amazed how it works and I don't do it enough, right? Um, respect and recognize others' feelings, regardless of whether you agree with them or not. Listen, in every conversation, there is not a right and wrong. Like I think we think as men, everything's competition, right? So you're either winning or you're losing. But that's not how this is. Nobody wins, nobody loses. We come to an agreement. So you have to respect and recognize her feelings in a situation or your kids' feelings in a situation. This is a big one because I think, uh, especially in the Black community or any community, there's like this, this fight for respect, right? Because we feel like we don't get it enough socially. Uh, so we damn sure gonna get it in our household and these kids are going to respect me and all that, right? And so we're fighting for respect. And so we ignore their feelings as people because they're subordinate to us, they're kids and we're adults or whatever, right? Um, but that's that's not cool, right? Because what, how, like I always say, I tell, I tell the guys that I work with this is that you are not raising children. I think that's a big misconception. You're raising adults because when you're done raising them, when you're finished with the raising them, they're going to be adults. So you're raising them from now until adulthood. So if you are teaching them now that their feelings uh don't matter and they do, they don't get to be respected by people of authority over them and you're teaching them the wrong things right you're not teaching them how that they can be better um how they how they need to be served how they need to be taken care of um you know so that's that's an important thing that's my wife right now calling in the middle of the podcast <laughs> um but anyway 
I'm almost done. We'll wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, so respect the feelings. Don't don't dismiss or try to change these feelings. Like listen carefully and and summarize what you've heard to show your understanding and your concern. Um, I think you know that's one of the most important things is, is dismissing other people's feelings because you don't feel them. It's not cool. Again, something I struggle with because I'm in the middle. I'm like that ain't that bad. You tripping or that ain't you know you you tripping. It ain't that bad. It could be worse, right? Um, but that's not cool uh, because their feelings are important. Right. Um, in the book, in the book, there's there's 66 strategies. I gave you eight of them. Right. I gave you eight of them. Um, 66 strategies that you can use that can help you um, of the eight I used. Those were the, 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 the eight that I felt like were kind of the most poignant to fatherhood. But I, they're all really good. Um, I say go ahead and get a copy of the book. Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Um, if you don't have time to read it, there's plenty of book summaries of it um, out there, but you do need to do one of these uh, EQ quizzes, um, maybe multiple. They don't take very long. They're all pretty short, um, but you need to understand where, where your self-awareness is, where your self-management is, where your uh, relationship management is, where your social awareness is. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, it's always my assumption that you're trying to be the best possible father you can be. And if that is the case, then you need to be the most emotionally intelligent father you can be. It's not about your IQ, it's about your EQ. So it's important that you build up your EQ um, in order to build solid foundation for your relationships and understanding for your relationships. So um, with that being said, man, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. I'm going to get out of here. I know I went a little longer than maybe I wanted to, um, but it felt good. Felt good to share this emotional intelligence and hopefully, hopefully you guys got something out of it. Um, I look forward to you uh, catching up with you guys next week. Um, I've been talking about it, been teasing it out a little bit, got guests coming on uh, pretty soon. I think next week's episode might be a, a first guest episode in a while. Excited to start talking to other fathers. And hell, here's one thing. Um, and I know I said I was going to shut it down, but here's one thing that I think is really cool. I'm making a commitment to get to know my own father a little bit better. Um, not sure that he's going to want to be on an episode of the, of the podcast, but I am going to get to know him a lot bit more, a lot more. Like, not that I didn't know him. Don't don't get it misconfused I, or misconstrued. I know my father. I've known my father my whole life, um, but I uh, I want to get to know him more, right? Because I know that I get the way that I am a lot of times from him and I'm guarded with my emotions. And I'm assuming he's guarded with his emotions because I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get him on, a, on an episode of the podcast, man, to see if I can talk to him a little bit and share his fatherhood journey, um, share my fatherhood journey with him. Um, but we shall see, right? I'll keep you guys updated on how that goes, what I'll learn from them. Um, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I talked to uh, my wife's husband, I'm sorry, my mom's husband who had been in her life for 20 something years. I talked to him a little bit about fatherhood and I shared that with you guys. Um, and so I'm gonna continue to do that. I'm sharing my own fatherhood journey because as I'm on my journey, it's important to know where I came from um, and in order to know where I'm going. All right. All right, fellas, I'm going to sign off and I'll talk to you next week. I think if I can get this thing closed. <laughs>
You can call me coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, Go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it. What's going on, guys? I look. I know the podcast is just starting to get good to you, but but I just wanted to let you know that the um, the ebook, the ebook, Seven Steps to Being Healthy and Fit, it's free, completely free. So uh, if you are are not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach, and you click the link in the bio, uh, and you can go ahead and grab that ebook right now. If you're not able to do that right now, I'm going to go ahead and put it down in the show notes somewhere. You can find that link. Go ahead and grab your copy of the book. Uh, if you don't like to read, you can also look on my YouTube page. I actually went through each step and detailed it and actually gave a ton more information uh, that's actually in the book. So, again, go ahead and grab your copy, your free copy of Seven Steps to Being Healthy and Fit. And let's get back to the podcast.